when God calls you something to do something, you can possess it, but to operate in it, you've got to understand it. And you can possess a lot of things, but to operate in it, you've got to understand it. And so I think it's very important, uh, especially as pastors. And, and so I, I, I told Kim the other day that I, I was, I said, I'm coming from a perspective of if I was the, the, the visitor, the visiting pastor today. So thank you guys for inviting me. And I'm glad to be here today. I saw you, I saw your pastor out there in his, on the videos out there. I saw the pastor used to have the younger guy who used to be here. And now you got an older guy that is here. And so may God bless him and be with him. Um, but anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the calling. Um, and, and, and whenever you're a pastor, so I'm going to talk, as I did, I did in the first service, and I, I was satisfied the way it went. I feel like I did the way the, the Lord would show me to do it. And I, I want to do it from an aspect, I think it's important, just like I think it's important to know what kind of children's ministry we have, what our, what our belief a statement of faith is, you know, about our music, about, you know, the passion, everything we do. I think it's very important that you understand that I have a knowledge of what it is I'm possessing. And if, I'm, if, and if, I'm, if I have knowledge of what I'm possessing, then I can operate in it. And so that's what I'm going to look at. I want to turn, I'm going to use the scripture, Hebrews chapter number 3. Hebrews 3 and 1. We're going to go for a couple of scriptures today, but Hebrews 3 and 1. And, and it says this, is therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, partakers, everybody say heavenly calling. It's very important. And we'll look at that a little bit today as well. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So if you have a calling, Look no further, look at no other person than Jesus Christ. Here he was, he had a, he, he had a, he, the, the, it says the, 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 our apostle and our high priest. So we see here that Jesus is not only the apostle, but he's the high priest. He's the minister. He's the one that's operating. He's the one that was called to do what, what God had called him to do. To understand the kingly ministry is pretty, pretty easy. We, we understand that we are the children of a king. And we know that Jesus is a king. And, 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 and God is a king. He sits up on the throne. And, and you know, we just, got, you know, just saw the, the queen over in England. She passed away. Over here in America, we don't understand, America, we don't understand the monarchy too well. But, but we get consumed with it. Uh, I do just just watch it, you know, just intrigued by it. I, I love all the royal stuff that goes on over there. And uh, but but your your royalty is also because you're a child of the king, amen. And so we're kingly. So we understand the kingly things that come our way. Uh, a lot of times we understand the prophetic. The prophetic is we want to know where we're going, right? I mean that's the prophetic. I want to know where I'm going. Whenever Jesus deals with us in the prophetic, he don't deal with us where we're going until he deals with where we are. <laughs> and most times we don't want to be dealt with where we are. We want to be dealt with where we're going. But how many of you won't go where God has planned for you until he deals with where you are? We've got to figure out who we are and, and tell, us, um, tell us our future. He wants to do that. But he's got to tell us, first of all, what's wrong in our life. Before you can go to where you're at. And so that's, that's the prophetic ministry. That, that, so we have the kingly ministry where, where God speaks to us uh, because we're sons and daughters of the king. It's a prophetic ministry because it not only tells us about, talks to us about where we're going, but also deals with us where we are and deals with what's wrong with us right now. I mean, it's always good for God to deal with what's wrong with you. 
So we, we won't deal with it. He deals with it ourselves. But, but here I want, you, I want us to know about the, the, the priest, to know about the priest and what the, what the priesthood meant, what it meant to God and what it means to be called. And so as a pastor today, I want you to know to me how I operate in this calling is I have got to have understanding. Now, I want us to understand here about whenever, whenever God calls a man, whenever God, God calls a person into ministry, he always calls all throughout, all throughout the Bible, he calls a man, a man from among men, separates that man, and then puts them back in for men. So it's easier to say it this way, where I'm, I'm a man from men for men. Regardless, everybody we have, everybody on my team, everybody that's is called into ministry, you're just, you're, you're, you're a man called from amongst the people. And God has separated you and he's put you back to be a voice for the people. Hey, you know, God says, I need a voice. I need a voice. And so he calls us, he calls us to be, to be separated. He calls us to do what he has called us to do. What we have to understand that whenever we're called, that, that, that there's, the, the calling then is, is heavenly. That's why I told you a while ago to say heaven. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. We have a heavenly calling. And whenever we understand the heavenly calling, we, we begin to understand the price of that heavenly calling. That the, the, the price is heavy. One thing I want you to understand that whenever you get around men and women of God that are called, that we're not, we're, we're, we're not innocent. If we ever think that we're innocent, then we'll begin to deceive ourselves. And we don't, we don't not do things based on the fact that we're innocent. We don't do things because we're righteous. Well, why are you righteous? Well, it's not anything I've done. It's what Jesus has done. He makes us righteous. I'm filthy rags. There's no way I deserve to even be in this, be in this office. And this is what this is. It's the office of the, of the pastor and teacher, apostle, prophet, evangelist. It's, it's an office. And, and if we think we're innocent, and the reason why we have to understand that we're not innocent, from the point that we're not innocent, we have a point of reference. And we have to minister from the point of, refer, uh, of reference that we're not innocent, but we're forgiven. And we're forgiven by his grace. And his grace makes us righteous. And if we're righteous, we're in right standing with God. And so I can stand here today and tell you I'm not innocent. I'm not perfect. But I have been forgiven. My, my sins have been washed. God's mercy and grace has been upon my life. And for that, I can use that as a point of re- reference. And, that's, and, and, and I, don't, I don't pray for you based on judgment to come upon you because I don't like what you're doing. I can pray for the mercy of God to come upon you. based on, And I pray for you based on not what you said, but based on what I've gone through. And that's very important whenever you, you go to a church, you're part of a ministry, the, does that pastor understand that? Is, th- is that how he prays? Sure, I can relate a little bit about what you're, going, what you're going through, and maybe I didn't go through. I've never been addicted to anything. I've never done this, and there's a lot of things that happen. But, uh, but there, there's something. we all struggle with something. And we have to have that point of reference that we have. And when, whenever we realize, you know, whenever we think we're innocent, we begin to pass judgment. We don't know how to pray for people. Well, maybe you didn't do that, but, but you did something else. It doesn't matter how you package it. A sin is sin. Okay? And so, uh, and, and sin is any willful act against God. And we've all have sin and fallen of the God's glory. What is his glory? His presence. We've all sinned and fell short of his presence. 
but he's come down and he's he set us free and he's he washes and he 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 removes our unrighteousness and he placed upon us his righteousness so now whenever i pray for you i don't sit there and think about everything that god that god has set me free from but but i can pastor you i can i can pray for you i can pour into you based on a point of reference that i'm not innocent i won't born in a i won't you know i won't born in a in a cathedral somewhere and raised by a bunch of nuns and they dropped me in here you know and i don't you know i don't i don't know anything that's not of god i mean i i'm a man from men for men is everybody with me everybody is we all are that's what God did. When God started looking for somebody in Moses' camp, he began to look for the people. He began to look amongst the people. He said, who can I take and separate? Who can I take and separate? Uh, the Bible says in, um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 19, he says, no, you, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who's where? On the inside of you. On the inside of you. There it is. On the inside of you. Whom you have from God. And the last part there is you are not even your own. So from a minister's standpoint, if I was in a minister's conference right now and speaking to a bunch of ministers, I have to tell you, you have a, whole, you have a heavenly calling. And because you have a heavenly calling, you, that heavenly calling is because the Holy Spirit of God resides on the inside of you. And that calling, and that calling is, is, is heavenly. And you don't even belong to yourself anymore. You now, you don't even belong to you. You're not even your own anymore. You now belong to God. As I stand here today, I have to have an understanding that I belong to God. And I'll be honest with you, this has to permeate down to where you are. If that's the mindset, that's how. If that's how the pastor, your pastor operates, then you have to also understand that you're not your own. You belong to God, because a Christian is anyone in whom the Holy Spirit dwells. You are saved on your way to heaven, not because you sit in a church chair, but because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Amen. And once, and once he comes in, he don't share anything. He don't share the rent. He don't share, you know, thoughts over there. He, he owns everything. You're, you're on. A Christian is someone who is owned by God. Well, no, man, no. Just, well, maybe on Sundays, you know, he's on. No, 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 no. It's like, come on, ladies, have you ever been a little bit pregnant? I'm pregnant just a little bit. Well, I was pregnant on Wednesday and Sunday, but I'm not pregnant on Monday. No. Either you is or you isn't. Right? Either you are or you're not. It's just like being saved. Either you are or you're not. Whenever God, but, but, but we're considering here, Hebrew says consider. If you, want to, if, you want to, if you want to understand as a minister, since it's pastor appreciation, if you want to consider what your pastor goes through, then you have to consider Jesus. And, you, and, and as soon as Jesus lets you know, this is a heavenly calling. This is a heavenly calling by the Spirit of God. And so this has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. That's what he's saying. And so God starts dealing with everything. When God called me, he started dealing with everything in my life. He started dealing with my values. He started dealing with my mindset. I go through all kinds of stuff. I'm going to give you three. And my perception. It's very important that you attend a church that, that understands and has allowed God to, to, to take over and, and deal with you concerning your mindset, concerning your values, and concerning your perception. Because there's two different kinds. If there's a heavenly calling, then there's also an earthly calling. 
And what happens the most of the time that we get in trouble is that we forget that our calling is heavenly and we begin to transition into the fact that, well, maybe this thing is earthly. And whenever it becomes earthly, our mindsets change. Our values change. And our perception changes. The point of reference that I have, just like I realized I'm not innocent, so everything I have to do is, but I'm, but I'm righteous. And I become righteous because of the shed blood of Jesus forgiving me. And so now I can pray for you based on that. And I can, I can, I can minister you based on that. Everything we do can based on the fact of a point of reference. And the point of reference does not have to be from an earthly standpoint. It's got to be from a heavenly standpoint. So I have to pray for you and I have to minister you. I have to pastor this church based on a perception of this. Everybody's going to live forever. I have to understand that my calling is not earthly. Earthly, no, nah, man, we, we, you know, we kind of control this thing. What, what, you know, whatever, you know, we, 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 can, we, can, we, can, we can manipulate whatever. Uh-uh. This thing is a heavenly calling. And a heavenly calling says to me, I have to stand, I stand before you here with a mindset, with value, and a perception that we're going to live forever. Some's going to live forever in hell, and some's going to live forever in heaven. And so I got to base everything I do, I got to base every sermon, every teaching, every aspect, every prayer, every song, every service, everything that we do has to be from a mindset, has to be from a value, has to be from a calling, has to be from a perspective that, honey, we're going to live forever in eternity, and we want to do it with God. Now, as long as we keep that heavenly, we're okay. When we start allowing it to get earthly, then we start worried about what other people think. We start worried about how many likes we will get on our social media than whether or not we're, we're satisfying God and the calling that he's called us to do. Whenever we have, you know, as, as we got entire denominations now to having to, having to denominations of God that are called by God. Uh, and most of them has come together by mighty men and women of God who prayed hundreds, a couple hundred years ago and they, they come together, whatever you think about denominations, but, but they, but, 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 but for the most part, they're, they're sincere and, and the reason why they're coming together. And now we're seeing in 2022 that people are having to come together and vote, uh, whether or not they're going to stay with a denomination or leave a denomination based on the fact of, of, of issues like same-sex marriage or abortion. You know, the, 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 you know, the woke agenda. I mean, I can go on and on and on. What, what are they really voting on? They're voting on whether or not their calling is heavenly or whether or not it's earthly. Come on, church. And every time I get in this pulpit and I stand before people, I have to decide, am I going to address you with a heavenly calling or am I going to address you from an earthly calling? And if I start dressing you from an earthly calling, then I'm going to have earthly values. I have an earthly mindset. And my perspective is going to be how comfortable can I make you on your way to hell? And that's the earthly calling. We're not going to, no, no, we're not going to hell because we'll come up with something, the reason why we're not. But that's what, that's the way that seems right in the man. We understand what that says. The way there is, is destruction. And so what we have to do at, with, with a calling and God, and remember, God deals with everything. One thing that a man or woman God knows, a minister knows has been called, that they understand the price. And as soon as you're called, you realize as soon, and that calling is heavy. The anointing is heavy. It's called a kabod. The kabod of God means the weight of God. The weight of God gets upon you and, and it's heavy. And it begins to deal not with some things. It begins to deal with everything in your life. 
He begins to deal with my mindset. He begins to deal with my values. He begins to deal with my perception. He begins to deal with, with understanding that, that you're not your own anymore. Everything you do, you do because of me. And if that's what happens with me as your pastor, and you come in because there's something, there, there's something about, there's something called a corporate anointing. And this anointing is not just my anointing, it's the anointing over this entire house. And if you come in and you set yourself underneath this anointing, this corporate anointing that God has, that's, that's a heavenly calling over this house, then God will start dealing with you on whether or not on your values, on your mindset, and your perceptions. And then you have got a decision to make, and God will start dealing with everything in your life. How are you raising your children? How's your marriage? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are your children listening to? What's, what songs on their earbuds? What are they watching on that device that you've given them just so they'll be quiet for about 30 minutes? What is that? And you'll va- if it's earthly, you don't really care. If it's heavenly, then you'll move heaven and earth to make sure that everything that you do glorifies God. Amen. And so we understand there's a price to be paid, and, 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 the, price is, and the price is heavy. And so with that, we, we understand that, that we have um, not just a, a, a Sunday morning agenda. I don't have just a, a Sunday morning calling or a Wednesday night calling that, that I have an everyday calling. As a matter of fact, Sunday morning being the first day of the week sets the precedence of the rest of our week. So, in other words, you don't come in here. I mean, you wouldn't even like it if if you showed up. If if you sh- if 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 I acted the way you acted at a ball game. I mean, like it's okay for you guys that like you have no reasons whatsoever. But how would you like your pastor to do it? Well, who's that guy with her act like a complete idiot? Oh, that's my pastor. <laughs> yep, that's him. Okay. Or if I go to a restaurant and, and I'm having what you're having. Don't let your minds go. I'm just talking. I'm not saying anything. I don't know what you're having. Could be chicken. I don't know. I don't know what you're drinking. I don't want you to cup. But what if it's, you see what I'm saying? Because you don't want me to be different on Tuesday than I am on Sunday. I don't. And so whenever I'm in here on Sunday, be honest with you, you want this. So you want Sunday. I want my staff. I want everybody around me. I want Sunday to set the precedence for the rest of the week. If I pray this way on Sunday, you should pray this way on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and again on Sunday. If you worship it, your, only, your worship day shouldn't just be Sunday. It should be every day of the week. See, whenever we're living for God and it's a heavenly calling, then we do it every day. And it sets the precedent. Everything we do, we do it. Sure, we don't have a church service. We don't have a song. We don't have a band. But, honey, you can find somewhere and worship God. You can find a minute and give God some praise. You can find a few minutes and just talk to God just a little bit. Because Sunday has set the precedent of this is how you live. And as a man of God that is called, a pastor that is called, that's exactly what we do. We understand that that is the present. The problem is, and one thing that COVID has done for us, is that we, we find ourselves right now that, that, that we are convenience driven. And we don't want to do anything that costs us something. 
Pastor, I'll do it as long as it don't inconvenience me. You come to church when it's convenient. You worship when it's convenient. You'll serve when it's convenient. But when the call of God is heavenly, it doesn't matter if it's convenient or if it's inconvenient. You have to do it. And it's not just you. It's how you raise your children. It's how, you, how your marriage operates. It's, it's, it's your business dealings. And even if you're bio-vocational, it's how you can't act one way when you're at the church house. And then when you work down at the plant, you act something totally different. You can't cut your grass and cuss the lawnmower out because it ran out of gas. You can't get it back started. And you wouldn't dare do it in the church house. And I'm talking about the pastor right now, so we'll deal with you on another day. We're just talking about pastor. We're talking about pastor. Right? And so it, because, it's, because it's, it's, it's very important. And we cannot, we cannot be, be convenience-driven to the point that, that we're called when we want to. No, man, you wear this thing. This is not what you do. This is who I am. And now we have a Western culture. Now we're raising that, especially since COVID, that now we're making church attendance even more inconvenienced. I mean, if it inconveniences you, okay, if it inconveniences you to come because you might feel a little bad and everything, my goodness, I ain't come to church every time I felt bad. I would never come. I can think of something that hurts. You get my age. What's wrong? Nothing. It just hurts, man. Ain't nothing wrong. It just hurts. Well, some Tylenol? If you can do it intravenously, because that's probably what I need right now. Just suck it in there. I don't care. Suck it in my main already. I don't care if it helps. <laughs> Come on. Come on, people, right? And now we got COVID. Well, we got to make sure, well, from your, from your couch with your pajamas on and your coffee with your feet come up, is everything okay? Are you comfortable? Is it, it's not, you're not hurting you. You got a good pillar. You need to stop and get you another pillar. Get you another pillar because we want to make sure this doesn't cost you anything. And our ministry and our calling has become earthly other than heavenly. But every man, come on, every called man and woman of God understands we, don't, we, can't really, we can't really compute that because it hasn't cost us something. It has cost us everything. And it still does every single day. It costs us everything because I can make a personal decision, but it will not be private. I can leave here today and tell my wife, oh, I'm going to stop by the store. I don't stop by the store. I'll stop by Lulu's house. And if your name is Lulu, I don't know nobody named Lulu. I'm just saying somebody's not, not my wife. And that's a personal decision. But it's not going to be private. Because not only is it going to affect my house, it's going to affect this house. Oh, that's Lulu. The pastor shouldn't be with Lulu. Lulu's not good. If your ministry is earthly, you will not inconvenience yourself for your calling. But if it's heavenly, you will. I said, if it's earthly, you will not inconvenience yourself for God. But if it's heavenly, you will. You don't care. Okay, let's go to um, Leviticus. I hear you. Maybe next year, Pastor, you need to let one of them other guys do this. <laughs> All right, let's end with this, okay? I want to talk about the process of consecration, the, 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 the process of paying the price. And the Lord's, I'm in, I'm in Leviticus chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him. So Aaron is the brother of Moses. 
Remember, they've been, they've been delivered. They've come out of Egypt. And God needs to find a voice. He needs to take a man from among men, separate that man, and then put him back in there so there can be a voice for him. And so he says, I've chosen Aaron and his sons with him. And I want them to take the garments. I want you to take the anointing oil. I want you to take a bull as a sin offering and two rams and a basket of unleavened bread. So he's got Aaron and his sons, a bull, some rams, some oil, and some bread and a basket. He said, take them. He's away with me. And gather all the congregation together at the door of the tabernacle, at the church house. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the congregation was gathered together at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. And Moses said to the congregation, this is what the Lord commanded to be done. Now let me tell you about having a call of God that your pastor has. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. Everything he requires of me and everything I do and everything I have, it's not a suggestion this is how you should live, pastor. This is a commandment of how you should live. And if you're under this house, then the same anointing that's over me is over you, and the same requirements come. That's why the Bible says in the last days, oh, you can find other preachers, and they're going to preach what itches their ears. Can't go there now, but. And so the Lord did as the Lord commanded him. Because in verse 5, he said, this is what the Lord commanded to be done. Verse 6, then Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Let's, let's break this down for a second so we can go. Everything they do don't have, to, don't have anything to do with them. God is saying it has to do with me. They don't get a life like everybody else is commanded. The Levites were separated. They weren't even, they weren't numbered with the rest of the other tribes. They were separated. But here, this is for the Levites. This is Aaron. This is the house of Aaron. This is the first priesthood here. And the one thing that he understands here when it's commanded that there is a price to be paid. And God says, I need, there's a price to be paid. And when I need someone to, to, to lift up the priesthood, to stand in the gout and build up a hedge, the benefits are great. I'm here to tell you today, the benefits of what I do is great. But so is the price. And so God cannot require that from people that don't understand the price. And when people understand the price, don't come to God empty-handed if you're going to be consecrated. If you're going to be consecrated, you better bring some stuff with you. Aaron had to bring two rams and an ox because he couldn't come empty-handed. You don't get consecrated by laying empty hands on empty heads, and you don't come empty-handed, you bring your stuff. You have to understand, if you're going to be under a man of God in the house of God, you won't understand that that man, that family, his wife, his children has paid a price. And if I have paid a price... 
And I'm praying over you. And I'm speaking over you. And I'm serving of you, which is what the word minister means. That means I do it. I don't lay empty hands on empty heads. I, I lay hands that knows the price that has been paid. So Aaron brought the ox. And they laid the ox down. And the ox was a big deal during those days because that was, that was, not, a, that was not just a wild up $20 bill in his pocket. That was, that was the ultimate price. And he brought that ox and he laid it upon the table. And that, and, and that Aaron then had to lay his hands upon the nostrils, upon the face of that bull. And then Moses at that time being the priest, he, he too, he had to take the knife and he had to sacrifice that bull. He would slit his throat and the blood would begin to ooze out and fall upon Aaron. Aaron would see the blood. And then Aaron could literally, with his hand being on his nostrils, he could feel, he could hear the breath of that ox coming out of him. And he understood that that ox was paying a price for his calling. It's a, it's a sacrifice and it's a price being paid. And he identified with that sacrifice. I'll be honest with you. I can jump to 2,000 years later or 2,000 years ago. That's why we can identify with Jesus. We can identify him because he is the price paid for our sins. His blood was shed and his life was taken so that we can receive what it is we receive. And so we see here, that's, that's what happened here. And so, and so we see an ox. And I begin to think about, well, why an ox? Because we have to understand the principle under Jewish law about the priest. If you're priestly, if you're a minister, the priest is chosen by God. He is the property of God. He offered gifts and sacrifice from God. He taught the people about God. And he prayed for the people of God. Man, when you do all that, you don't have much room for anything else, do you? This is also seen on their job, also seen in their neighborhood. You will be a reflection of God's kingdom. You go beyond what people expect. You are under a higher authority and you're under a higher excellence because you're offering God the very best. When your calling is heavenly, you can't give God just anything. You have to offer God your very best. Boy, we came here, we can preach and we can sing, we can do all kinds of stuff. But whenever we begin to hold up a standard of excellence, I mean, I was begging for demonic possessed people because I could cast them out. Man, this was flesh. What do you mean? We ain't doing it right. We ain't clean it good enough. We ain't doing it good enough. Be honest with you. No, we got to give God our best. Well, that went over good. Because we offer him their very best. Because we understand the price that is paid. If I'm offering you my very best, be honest with you, in return, I expect your very best. If you're going to keep our nursery, if you're going to park a car, if you're going to sing a song, if you're going to play an instrument, if you're going to work at this school, if you're going to do anything for God, God gives you the very best. So let's in return give him the very best. And we have no problem giving him the very best when we realize that we've received the very best. And our mindset and our values and our perception is based on the very best. And so we look at the ox. Give me a few more minutes. We got the ox here. And so when you come and you consecrate to God, you bring your best. In these days, it was an ox. And the ox is strong. The ox is humble. The ox is a male. 
in the church as this relates to the minister, as it relates to Aaron, we have to understand that your pastor should be strong. I told first service, I actually put my notes, not a punk. How many of you don't want a punk for a pastor? No pastor punks. You got to be strong. How many knows the ox is strong? The ox is strong. Being strong means you can't be easily offended. You've got to know your place. You're not insecure in who you are. Saul could never do what God called him to do because he was never secure in who God called him to be. And so whenever God called David, sure, one day David was going to take his place. But to be honest with you, not yet, not then. He still has some time. But since Saul was so insecure and he wasn't strong, he wasn't secure in who he was, the man that God sent to help Saul, Saul tried to kill him. And that's what happens to most pastors and most ministers that the people that God sends them to try to help them because they're insecure in who they are, then instead of allowing that person in their life to help them or working in their ministry to help them, they try to take them out. Not because there's something wrong with them, but because there's something wrong with him. And so it's very important that, that you have a pastor that is strong, not from the point that I can bench press for anybody else, but because I know exactly who I am. I don't have to preach the best. I don't, know, I don't have to sing the best. I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't have to know how to program all this stuff that needs programming and do everything that needs to be done. But I do have to be secure in who I am, and that's a set man of God for this house. Come on, somebody. And then when God brings somebody in here, boy, he can preach. Boy, he's got an anointing. Boy, he's got a gift. Boy, he can do this. He can do that. I don't see that as, 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 as insecurity. I see that, oh, thank you, God. We must be going to another level and then another level. But whenever you're insecure and you're not strong and you're a puck, you can't do that. You're an ox. Nobody needs a big ox for a pastor. You big ox. <laughs> He's humble. He's humble in the fact that he has no ego. He's comfortable in who he is. That's old big ox. You bring a you bring a you bring a big ox into a into a into a China department. He don't give a rip about that, China. He knows who he is. And his big old butt, when he goes in there, it's, it's knocking the dishes and knocking everything else. He's not offended. He's a big ox. Boy, we need men and women of God in the house that are comfortable in who they are. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what other people says. They're just humble because they're comfortable in who they are. Amen. They're not insecure. They're secure. I, I told first service, and it's, and it's true. There's a fine line between arrogance and knowing your place. If you're a supervisor, I remember counseling a guy one time. He prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a promotion at his church. I mean, at his, on his job, and he got it. About three weeks later, he was back in my office, and he was having a time. 
He was having time because he was, he was on a semi line with these guys, and now he's a supervisor, and the guys he worked with, he's now over. And I had to teach him. He says, he says and now they're getting mad. They don't want to go out lunch with them anymore. They don't want to talk to me anymore. They don't want to do all this kind of stuff anymore. And they're, they're talking about behind my back. I said, that's because they can't tell the difference between someone who is arrogant and someone who knows their place. And whenever it's important, when you're a leader, you're a man or woman of God, and you're standing in your position, you're not being arrogant, but you know your place. You can't speak like you wonder if it's going to happen. You speak knowing this happened. You can't wonder if this is the truth. You got to speak knowing this is the truth. And the one thing we need in the pulpits now in 2022, we need men and women of God to start speaking about the things of God and being secure who they are and realize that their call is not earthly. So I'm not here to make you as happy as you possibly can be on your way to hell. My calling is heavenly. And we're here to have values and mindsets and perspective based on what is heavenly. Because this earth's going to pass away, but God's word's going to endure forever and ever and ever again. Amen? Amen. Hurry up. He's a male. I mean, those ox is a male. You can say he's not, but he is. Why is that important? Because he has reproductive power. Men are called of God should be strong, they should be humble, and they should be reproductive. They should reproduce. If I've been here 24 years and the only thing I got to say about, well, here's my and my wife. We sure have been working hard and we're tired, but God give us the glory to keep on going and do what we're supposed to do with Jesus and because it's just us. Oh, you poor, pitiful nothing. You haven't reproduced nothing. You're insecure. You're not, you're not, it's okay. I'm just speaking to, I'm, I'm, I'm the visiting speaker today. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. What's the honorarium anyway to speak at this church? I don't know. I've never. What was I saying? Yeah, reproduce. You got to reproduce. The ox can reproduce. What a church that don't reproduce is dead. Boy, I can look around, I, and, and you always surround yourself with your weaknesses. I can walk, when we have our meetings tomorrow, and I go in that room over there, what a room we go in there, everybody around that table can do something a lot better than I can. That's how you reproduce. Amen? Have you know the churches need to reproduce? Continue to do the things that God has called us to do. Anyway, let me, let me end on this. The Bible says then that if you notice the unleavened bread and the wine, the, or the oil, Bread, is, bread is, is the word, and the oil is the spirit. A man of God should always be carrying the word and should always be sensitive to the spirit. You want a pastor that knows how to speak the word and carry it with the spirit. The spirit is the things of God. The word without the spirit is legalism. Just like the spirit without the word is emotionalism. But if you put it together, then you see God doing great and mighty things. You need to go to a church and have a pastor that knows how to read the word of God, teach you the word of God, and preach the word of God. And you you can feel the power of God moving with signs following every word that's being spoken. Come on, right?
The Bible says they come with the bread and with the, and with the, and with the oil and a basket. That means it's unity. And wherever there's unity, God can move. The word and the spirit should be moving in this, in this place in unity. God, there's your, there's your word. Now, God, we need your spirit to move, to change our lives, to change our mindsets, to change our values, to change our perspective. The last thing which is I want to bring up, which is very important. Remember I told you they brought them up. They opened the doors of the church. So the whole congregation said, remember, it was a tent. They opened that thing up. And Aaron and his, Aaron and his, and his sons, they, they stripped them down. Naked. First service, I could say butt naked. They said it was okay. So that's what they were. They were just naked. Nothing on. And they took, they took brushes and stuff and they scrubbed them. And the reason why it's very important that the people saw it wasn't a perverted thing. It was the fact, remember, there were eight men taken from men, four men. And God is teaching us that not only is it important for me that, that God is favorable for me, but it's also very important that you look favorable upon me. He wanted to make sure that these people was watching what was happening through these guys. That they were being cleansed. That they were going through a process. Have you noticed some pastors, you better watch pastors who don't want to be watched. I'm here to tell you right now, one of the prices that you pay to have this position that I have, I'm watched. My wife is watched. My children is watched. Everything we do is watched. But you can't have a heavenly calling and not want to be watched. Because you shouldn't have anything to, to hide from. And he laid them up in front of there. And, and there and there they watched. And when they saw, they, they had the garments. And there was a process. I want, let me go ahead and throw this in here. There's a process to put on the priestly garments. Just like there's a process to take them off. If a man or woman of God gets to a point to where he can no longer hold up the calling that God has called him to do, it won't happen overnight. It will be a process. Just like you're not called for a position like this overnight, it will be a process. Everybody understand that? There's a process. There's payment. There's price to be paid. There's, there's challenge to be overcome. And, and, and then when you start ministering and laying hands on people and, and speaking to people, then you, it's not an empty hand laying on empty heads. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hand that has paid the price. And if the people, if the ministers, if the ministers are being watched, then guess what? The church is being watched. The Lord spoke to me and, and confirmed it in the first service a while ago. See, not every church wants to be watched. But God says, highest praise has been called to be a church that people are watching. Come on, people. Don't think for it's not. If you're saved and you're saved to the bone, then that means that, that God did it. God, there, there's friends of yours. There's family of yours. There's people you went to school with that they've watched you change. They watch you. You're not the same person that you used to be. And God says, I wanted you to change in front of their eyes because I want them to continue to watch you. I worry about Christians who don't want to be watched. I'm concerned about churches who don't want to be watched. 
In 2022, the world is groaning and travailing and waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God for what? So they can watch us and see us burn for the things of God. Amen. They want to watch. They want to watch us. Amen. We want to watch. And whenever we watch and do the things that God's called us to do, then God will start growing the church and growing you too. Why is it important for you to tell us that, Pastor? Because if I believe that and I have it, just like Psalm 133 is a commanded blessing, the anointing is going to flow. See, Jesus is a set head. I'm the set man. We have set leaders. We have set members. Makes a pyramid. And God pours that anointing. And it permeates all over the entire corporation of this house. Amen. And I'll be honest with you. If I miss it, if I don't get it right, it's going to put a kink in the flow of the anointing. That's why the Spirit of God dealt with me. He said, Pastor, this year you need to get up there. They need to hear it from you. Why it's important, not only for my house, not only for your house, but for this house to understand what I'm carrying so we can operate in it. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet. I got prayer workers coming up here. If you need prayer today, I want you to leave here today and not be ministered to. If you need to be ministered to today, you can have healing. You can be delivered. You can be touched by God. We came in here today with a basket full of bread and full of oil. That means we're intermingling the Spirit of God with the Word of God. And when the Spirit of God touches the Word of God, the miracles follow. Amen? I mean, glad you come to a church like that. No, we just leave the Spirit at the door, be honest with you. We just deal with the Word because, you know, we don't nothing happen. Okay, well, that's our earthly ministry. No, we're leaving anyway. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you need Jesus, every eye and every eye close. The, the most important calling that you have is, is, not, is not the priesthood. It's someone to be born again. And Jesus has a heavenly calling today. I'm going to say a prayer over this entire congregation because I feel the corporate anointing over this house today. And we're going to pray. We'll leave everybody here to prayer that we're receiving and acknowledging and understanding of the calling upon us in our lives. So let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for loving me and for calling me. And today, Lord, I thank you, God, that it's by your mercy, by your grace, that I hear your voice and that I accept the call of God upon my life. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and for saving me and for every gift that you have placed in my life. May I have understanding so I can operate in it. From this day forward, Lord, bless our church, bless our people, and may your will be done from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
We are so glad to connect with you. If you are new to HP and want to get more involved, I invite you to text 910-501-2005. Or you can download our church app and stay up to date on everything going on around here. I also want to tell you three ways you can give today. You can give through text, text any amount to 84321. If you've never set that up, it only takes a moment. You can give right through your phone at any time. Second, you can give online through our website. Go to highestpraisechurch.com and click the giving tab. You can give right there online. Finally, you can give through mail. You can send in your gift to P.O. Box 1189, Shalote, North Carolina, 28459. And if you're looking for a way to plug in, to serve, or be a part of what's going on here at Highest Praise, join us for our next step class. It's the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. We are so glad you joined us today. God is not done with your life. If you need prayer, have any questions, you can reach us through social media or you can call our office at 910-754-4809. We love you, Highest Praise, and the best is now.